0: All bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies,
1: disasters. That's bad things.
0: Trigger warning for everything possible.
1: What? Hello.
0: <laughs> I'm Rachel. And I'm David. And this, we used to call it All Bad Things. Now I feel like this is kind of a fun highlight in the world.
1: (laughs) These are stories about all bad things.
0: (laughs) From the past. Yes. Um, Bad things have happened in the past, too. They have. Yeah. (laughs) Not just all in 2020. (laughs) How about that? (laughs) Um, Follow us, Insta, Twitter, Facebook, at AllBadThingsPod. Email us AllBadThingsPod at gmail.com. We have thoughts that we will share at the end of this episode and we will warn you when they are coming. So if you are someone who disagrees with our politics, I don't want to hear a fucking word from you because we're warning you up top and you'll just be able to tune out and not miss anything. Right?
1: If that, that's their choice, we're, we're, we're giving them that choice. Like yes. If you just want to listen to the story, great, and tune out yeah, afterwards.
0: Exactly. And please do mm-hmm. if you disagree with us. Be- or, or, or listen. Or listen if you disagree but with way, us. Either yeah. way. Either way. You've been warned. Yeah, either way, you better not fucking come after us. <laughs> not today, Satan. That's, that's, from a, um, that's just a silly saying. I don't mean literally that our listeners are Satan. <laughs>
1: should, All right. we,
0: should we start again?
1: <laughs> <laughs> nah, let's roll with it. Okay,
0: what you drinking today?
1: Well, I'm having something. I, I've got a special one today. <laughs> it's huge. It's a, it is blue it ounces. is a 25 <laughs> Um Well, I had to go to Sheets, mm-hmm. the grandest of grand uh, convenience stores <laughs> earlier today. It was open. It was open. Yes, because we we are under a curfew here in Raleigh.
0: Yeah, this is um, the second Tuesday, night. June second. Yep. Yeah,
1: which begins at We're eight eight o'clock. Yeah. Oh, or
0: because our mayor can't do jack shit, you know, cuz she's a joke. Or Go tw- ahead.
1: or 2000 hours military time. Anyway.
0: Does, is it really 2000? I think that, so. That's like that. Like I've heard 2100, 1900, but 2000. That, yeah. that has an it interesting thing. It does ring, kind of right? sound
1: weird, doesn't it? But But
0: it makes sense. Yeah. 1900,
1: 2100. 2,100. 2000.
0: Twenty hours? I only okay. know that because all
1: the documents I fill out have to be military. Oh, type.
0: gotcha. Yeah, it actually makes sense because then yeah, you have to, to understand Well, It's never wrong. One so. of my pet peeves is when people say like ten thirty A.M. in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> it's like ATM machine or pin number, you know. Anyway, but, but anyway, he went to uh, sheets about
1: my special beer. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, I I go there to get uh, monster hydros, which are delicious mm-hmm. monster. If you want to sponsor the program. <laughs> I'll take all the hydros you're willing to give me.
0: <laughs> if uh, um, oh, what's the the beef well, well, you like? If Slim Jim yeah. and uh Monster, oh, I'd, I'd be in heaven. <laughs> sponsored.
1: So I noticed that there was a because they have the the beer aisle mm-hmm. that you walk in normally, but, mm-hmm. but they also have like an outside beer cooler. Okay. Well, not outside, but part of the.
0: You mean not some, the beer cave right. like area that allows. And of I noticed this
1: uh Michelob Ultra with lime. And prickly pear cactus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Look at Mick Ultra getting all fancy. You do, I like do prickly love prickly pear. I do love prickly pear. You do love a prickly pear.
1: How so is I it? was like, it's good.
0: Me yeah, want to try it? Yeah. I, this is huge.
1: <laughs> it is. It's a 25 ounce, 25 <laughs> but that's what they had.
0: <laughs> I feel like I have to hold it with both hands. No,
1: you don't. There you go. How's it taste? Delicious. I knew it.
0: <laughs> it's actually not it's not bad. Um it's a little watered down tasting, but but the flavor that they put in there of the prickly the Pear line is actually not bad.
1: Yeah.
0: Mine is much better. Yes, it is. What do you have? <laughs> I have Commonwealth Brewing, which mm. I like a lot of their beers. This is called they have a trillion beers, I swear. Uh this is called Tinta Rosa. Sangria-style gosa ale made with plums, pomegranate, raspberry, and orange. It is very good. Mm-hmm. Let me put it back in the koozie. There you go. It is better than the McUltra. Ultra. <laughs> yeah,
1: we'll, we'll see about that. Uh,
0: one it's fewer ounces, too. That's all.
1: No, I prefer the Prickly pear. Do you really? No, that is pretty okay, good. Okay, yeah.
0: <laughs> I was like, I think it's pretty good. Unfortunately, Commonwealth... Well, unfortunately for me, not for IPA enjoyers, but I am not an IPA fan... A lot of what Commonwealth does is IPAs for some reason. Um they do IPAs and sours and mm-hmm. you know ghosts. So um one one day um if travel is a thing again and and the world's not burned to the ground, we'll have to visit Commonwealth.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Where is it again? <laughs>
0: uh it's not it's far. Virginia. Yeah. Somewhere
1: uh, somewhere Virginia in Virginia Beach. Oh yeah, that's mm-hmm. yeah, that's not far at all.
0: No, we've talked about going mm-hmm. there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> not this summer. No, yeah, maybe not <laughs> next summer either. What maybe not then either. Mm-hmm. But on a on a very happy note, the NHL is coming back, and it's looking like it's going to be in August.
0: Oh, okay. What? And it's going to be a what is the format? Uh,
1: twenty four team tournament. Twelve teams in each conference.
0: Sudden death, or is it? No, playoff best series? of
1: five, and then best of okay. seven afterwards. Okay. Best of five is the first round. first round. round. Mm-hmm. Kings. Yeah, they're Kids in. Nice. Yep. We're, we're playing the Rangers, who we okay. historically just suck against. Mm. And all these people are like, it's not fair. I'm like, yeah, we're in the playoffs. Let's Yeah. Let's just beat them. Hey, like, let's we, be we, happy we, we have yeah.
0: playoffs at all. Well, that <laughs> and,
1: you know, tr- really, since Henrik Lundqvist has been with the Rangers, we've that's got to be the, the team we have probably the worst record against in the NHL. Hmm. It's just one of those things. It's one of those teams. It's just like... All right, you're in the playoffs. Beat them now. What when it, when it matters?
0: What's it, are they picking two cities and just sticking to those? Nobody knows yet. Oh, it okay, might be so two. They, might be four. So they have not come out with those details or
1: an actual schedule. Okay. But every all, all signs are to... all signs are pointing towards uh, August is when it'll okay.
0: happen. Okay. That's probably good. Gives them some time to set up the logistics, quarantine the teams. Probably I'm gonna guess. Like I would uh, think so. Yeah. My guess is they're not going anywhere for a couple weeks afterwards. After or they're only either. going
1: to home or, to, or whatever. Oh my god, that, you know what true. this means? What? No
0: one's drinking anything out of that fucking cup this year. Nope. <laughs> they are not going to let people take it wherever they want to go? No, no, yeah, no, for no. The first For the first
1: time in history, the cup is going to literally have a lid on it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like a hermetically sealed yeah.
0: plastic baggie surrounding it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's already. Uh, I've already seen the the hashtag uh, coronavirus cup. Like, <laughs> oh
0: yeah, no kidding. Major asterisk in this season for every sport. Yeah. Um, congratulations to New Zealand, who thanks to a very kick-ass prime minister that I very much admire. Um, is uh,
1: Jacinda Ardern? Is that her <laughs> name? Yes, Ardern. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, she. Well, I shouldn't say she. The the country of New Zealand correctly responded because they're down to literally one case. So, like, so one case? One per- case. What? They know the one person oh, with okay. coronavirus and Sucks are... Sucks for that person. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> they're not going anywhere for a while. Um, so, like, they can open up because... I mean, now, they do have the benefit of it being an island. That is a thing. However, they did just... They shut it down. A lot of countries have had very good responses. Um... <sighs> We're not one of yeah, them. Yes, so a lot
1: of them have. <laughs> them, a lot of the other countries
0: have done very well.
1: <laughs> you would think we would be the leader in a good response, but... Uh,
0: would you, though? Yeah. Given no. the current political climate. Well, we think?
1: we knew. <laughs> yeah. But there, there are plenty of people who are just like, I can't believe this happened. Like, really?
0: It's it's funny. Um, I think we're up to the third named her- tropical storm of the That's Atlantic right, hurricane yes, season. I, I saw that yesterday. like a record breaker. Yeah, um... Oh, I wish I remembered which listener shared that. I'm sorry, um, but on That's, our that Facebook is where link, I saw it. Yes, maybe it was Leanne. I think. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, this is and and Ebola is back in like the just, Congo. Just throw a
1: hurricane on top. <laughs> like let's let's get let's get tornado season going. Maybe like.
0: we can just get everything done this year. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how it's gonna work. No. It isn't. <laughs> oh, me. <laughs> <hey. Hey. laughs> so so
1: let's talk about a tragedy
0: yeah well hopefully by now because this is coming out
1: hopefully doesn't involve the united states even though it doesn't oh good
0: um so this episode is coming out june 8th hopefully we're putting out our good thing in between like before this episode okay we are recording our good thing after this so that will be all nice um
1: and that good thing will appear on june 2nd which is when we are recording this
0: okay or the third, if I get a little lazy and don't mm. feel like editing it. That's true. That Which is very lazy considering editing our podcast just con- consists of like trimming ends. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Um, you can probably hear the washer and dryer at this point.
1: No, um, I don't think so. Huh?
0: No.
1: <laughs> just keep talking over okay. it. And, yeah.
0: Well, we have to do laundry, people. Um, so I was looking for. So last. Uh, okay, so we did JFK Jr. and the Kennedy Curse. hmm. Because it was kind of localized, mostly just one family, right? We did the Ford Pinto because it was more just like an interesting auto history type of thing. Um, so I was like, okay, what do we do that's not too dark because the world sucks enough right now? And yet we're a disaster, a disaster podcast. A disaster podcast. Disaster podcast. Disaster podcast. So yeah, and
1: unfortunately we already did action park before all of this happened. We did damn it. <laughs> like, like we mistimed that one. Damn
0: it, that would have been <laughs> such a good one to do now
1: would with have been. the
0: summer and everything. Yeah. Oh man, okay. Well, it was fun when we did do it. Um so I found this and I feel like I feel like with relatively cursory Google searches of odd disasters, you'll find this. However, it was the first time I had heard of it, and I've Googled disasters multiple times, so maybe it'll be a little bit of a a new and different topic to um, our listeners, even our disaster aficionados. Um, But uh, I lost my train of thought. (laughs) god damn it
1: and I have no idea what the topic is so I can't
0: well I can look at it I remember what it is but I was trying to figure out where I was going with that I was going somewhere with that Um, at any rate
1: should I do my Henny Youngman bit? what's oh, your Henny Youngman bit? Henny Youngman the, yeah, the oh one you line just, just to yeah. fill fill in the yeah
0: the godfather routine yeah mm. at any rate it's, it is interesting um, oh here's what I was going to say I am going to, just for the sake of storytelling and let's have a little fun with this, because this is a mysterious event mm. with a very likely explanation. I'm gonna kinda of keep the likely explanation a little bit obtuse at first. Okay. And I'm going to list the sources afterwards because the titles of the resource of the sources give away what happened. Sure. <laughs> so so this, my friends. Hold on, let me separate up. See, this is the, the stuff that you want me to not edit out. It's all the behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> this, my friends, is the Tunguska event.
1: Oh! Have you heard of this? Yes!
0: Oh! Oh!
1: I've almost done this before. Really? Yes.
0: Oh, maybe I shouldn't have been so obtuse then. Because I thought maybe you hadn't heard of it. Yeah. What, where have you heard of it?
1: Uh, well, the first time I heard of it would be the 1984 blockbuster film, Ghostbusters. This is mentioned.
0: They do? Do they call it Tunguska?
1: Blast of 1918? 19... Oh, wait. You know, oh, wait. You had okay. the right. Yeah. And
0: you're pretty close. Yeah. Um, do they pronounce it Tunguska?
1: I think he says tumbliska.
0: Oh, that's not it at all.
1: But it, it, he is talking about the same thing. Okay, because he, okay. he gets into it. Yeah.
0: Well, it is a bit of a conspiracy theory, like niche type, a Dyatlov Pass. I, I'll,
1: I will say because I have researched this. You cause have. Because I, I was going to do it.
0: Oh, okay. So I do know a
1: lot. So okay, I'm not. So I'm not really can, gonna. I'm not really gonna say much.
0: You can interject. That's okay. I'm totally fine with huh? you interjecting. Um, that's fine. Huh? Yeah. So, on June 30th, 1908, a mysterious explosion destroyed a forested area of 2,150 square kilometers, or 830 square miles. 830 square miles. Think about that. If that
1: thing had landed pretty much anywhere else.
0: We'll get to that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean... Um, In a remote part of eastern Siberia, basically... The best place it could have happened, short of Antarctica, maybe in 1988. You know,
1: I mean, really, mm-hmm. of the two spots on Earth where that could have happened.
0: Yep, felling an estimated 80 million trees and killing the local forest animal inhabitants. I don't go into that much at all. Um, well, that's I think people are like it's kind of taken for granted, I guess. um maybe like
1: one person. But well, nobody there's knows. no confirmed there's deaths. Knows. No there is not confirmed
0: deaths possibly up to 3 suspected but no confirmed mm-hmm. deaths yep. human deaths correct um, but wildlife wildlife you can just
1: assume and like,
0: apparently reindeer who i always forget are real they are real they're yes. real and they're cute <laughs> um it is less notable for its actual human destruction and more notable as an extreme near miss for any other number of more populated areas yeah yeah, yeah. all right I wrote, so here we are, back to one of our good old reliable Soviet mysteries. (laughs) This one is reminiscent of the... But but
1: this is like a... Oh, I'm sorry. Of the Dyatlov
0: Pass incident, though it's not quite as mysterious as we'll come to find, and certainly not as violent towards humans through literal sheer happenstance. Yeah, I was was just going (laughs) to say,
1: and this one is a... It is literally a shock to the... This, well, at, what at this time was about known, they were not yet the Soviet government, but um, in 1908.
0: They were Russia they were, at the time? Whatever.
1: Were, uh, what was the Soviet Russia. Union
0: before it was the Soviet Union? I think it was or Russia.
1: And then Soviet Union, and then Russia again. <laughs> Jesus, that's that's sad that I don't know that. I just know it from the Bolshevik Revolution yeah, forward. Right? I, mean, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know anything before that. I only
0: know uh, <laughs> Dr. Shivago, and I couldn't even get through that. No, movie. you couldn't. No. <laughs>
1: I need to finish that, by the way. Yeah. I, I thought it was excellent how it started. Anyway. Eh. Um
0: It was very epic for its time.
1: It was just something that nobody, like, everybody was like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. Like, literally, literally. Like, nobody.
0: uh uh-uh.
1: This is 1908. People are doing, people are not doing atomic tests. They're not, there's no nuclear right. power. Right. There's, well, you know. Or is there? Um, no. No. There's, there's not. <laughs> okay. Not in 1908.
0: All right, so the setting of this story is indeed in one of the more remote and mysterious parts of the Earth.
1: Period. Siberia. Yeah. yeah. I,
0: I don't know about you, but I'm pretty I'm sure... I'm never going like,
1: there. Oh, no. No. I'm
0: pretty sure the first I ever heard of Siberia was in the context of, so they were banished to Siberia, you know, back in I the day. I think that's
1: uh, in Rocky Four. I think that's where Rocky trains. is in Siberia.
0: Are you serious? I'm dead
1: serious. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because he has to fight Ivan Drago. You've got to train in Siberia if you're going to fight Ivan Drago. Past Come on, two. follow no. along.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, so geographically speaking, in modern geographic terms, David, where is Siberia?
1: Uh, it's way the fuck out. It's. <laughs> <laughs> It's, that, it, is it is, it, it that is correct. That is
0: how the Russian government I mean, defines it way the fuck out there. It, it's, uh, <laughs> that's how it
1: should be. I mean, just for... Do you know, but actually, it's. it's, it's, it's it, I think of it the same way as I think of the Canadian territories. It's um, just a remote part of the country where, yeah, some people live, but not...
0: Well, do you know what? Here's the interesting thing. Most of Russia is Siberia.
1: Yeah, that's not surprising. 77% yeah.
0: of the land mass and we're not even talking like it's all the northern half. No. no, no. Basically, there's a little chunk in the east, and then everything, everything west of that is... Yeah, horrible. All the way down to um, the borders. Yeah, Russia with, uh, Russia
1: still, by in terms of size, is still the biggest country in the world. Oh,
0: oh it's huge. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, um, uh, all, So Siberia almost completely lies within Russia. Part of it is technically in the Kazakhstan Mountains.
1: Isn't part of it in China, too? Or no, no, I okay. don't believe so. Not okay.
0: from anything I could find. Okay. So <clears throat> that's the extreme southwestern portion is in North Kazakhstan. Uh, so it's around 5.1 million square miles or 8.2 million square kilometers. <laughs> um,
1: fucking cold and snow and ice. Well, and...
0: it is more spars- much more sparsely populated than the rest of the country. Only about 25 percent. Of Russia's population lives in Siberia. I'd be
1: surprised it's that many.
0: Um, Interestingly, Siberia covers approximately 9% of all dry land mass on Earth. Wow. Yeah, almost 10%. Of the Earth.
1: Of, of, of Earth. Ground yeah. on Earth. Yeah. Of Earth, Earth. Earth, Earth, earth. Even yeah. The, exactly. Even the flat Earth, it still covers that 9%. <laughs>
0: uh, so it extends east to the Pacific Ocean. It's the part of Russia that's across the Bering Strait from Alaska. West to the Ural Mountains, which is ah, where the Yellow Pass stuff went down. Yep,
1: and we mentioned that we mentioned the Ural Mountains in another uh, episode you, yes, too. Yes, we
0: did. It sa- does sound familiar. I feel like, oh, um, you covered uh
1: oh the the, the lesser known yes, nuclear yes accidents.
0: What was that? Damn it! I can't. We're in episode one hundred fifty three. How should we remember what we've talked about? Uh, yeah, it
1: was a while ago. <clears throat> But uh yeah. but yes, it's like the least known about nuclear accident. Mm-hmm. But I believe it that did happen in the I Mountains. I think you're right.
0: I think you're right. Or we referenced it something or something, like that. yeah. Uh it extends north to the Arctic Sea and south to Russia's borders with Kazakhstan, Mongolia and China. Uh so because it's so big, there are it's not just all tundra at all. Sure. Like there's distinct just... environmental and climate areas. Sure. Plains, swamplands, mountains, swamp river land basins. I know. And then, of course, tundra, which is basically barren land because the ground is mostly permanently frozen. So, despite the popular image of Siberia as basically being an Arctic wilderness, human history goes back a very long way there. There's evidence, which
1: which is crazy. Like, (laughs) why? Why wouldn't you do whatever you had to do? Or if you just wind up there, why wouldn't you do whatever you could to get out? (laughs) Or maybe that's why. Well,
0: also depending (laughs) on the time period, I guess you have to take into account whether the the climate was different Uh, back then.
1: That is true as well. Or they were just better at killing bears, and like I'll just. Make a suit out of one and mm-hmm. live here.
0: Uh, so there's evidence that hunter pause
1: and everything. <laughs>
0: <Hey>. <laughs> <laughs> it was a visual gag. It works great in a podcast. Uh, there's evidence that hunter-gatherers lived in Siberia as far back as about 45,000 BCE. That's I know crazy. With several specific waves of migration being identified. By about 20,000 years ago, the first peoples started crossing from Siberia, uh, I said to Russia, which is not correct, from Siberia to North America. So yeah, sure. This yeah. Over, uh, obviously... Land, land bridge. Exactly. Yep. Uh, Russia, and <laughs> I love that I'm explaining this, to like, no, not everybody knows this, but yeah, there used to be a land bridge between um, Asia and North America, present day Asia and North America, but anyway... Mostly nomadic people populated Siberia throughout the following centuries. And trade eventually entered the area around 1000 BCE via the Silk Road, which was like a big network of trade routes throughout Asia, the Middle East, and then parts of Africa and Europe. And that Silk Road network lasted about 1500 years. So that's pretty massive. Um, In the late or in the 13th century, Genghis Khan controlled a large portion of Siberia. Never. I never, I never no, heard, never heard of him. Oh, hmm. <laughs> I think he's in the White House. Um, that was that was a cheap joke. That was. Don't give Donny
1: any ideas now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, he doesn't need any ideas. Uh, uh, he controlled a large portion of Siberia and his empire. Then Russian colonialization took place there in the late sixteenth century through the late nineteenth century. Today it is considered a geographic region of Russia and is populated by about 33 million people. So 33 million people live in wow, I did
1: really in did Siberia. Not think it was that many. Not
0: that they live in the remote parts of right. Siberia. Remember, they this, live along the edges.
1: Probably uh, this goes
0: as far south as like the borders with mm-hmm. other countries. So yeah, I'm guessing <laughs> it's like Greenland. If you ever right. look at a population map, yeah, it's all it's on all the edge. All on the edges. <laughs> yeah. yeah, nobody lives in the middle because no. it's basically a no. Iceberg. Like no,
1: like three guys do. <laughs> Just to prove it Yeah, just to be like, yeah, leave me alone. <laughs> Maybe pe- they have and the people, right idea. And people, are like, <laughs> the people are like, fine. Like, oh, man. We don't want to go there anyway.
0: I don't know. The middle of Greenland sounds pretty okay right now. It must be peaceful. Right about
1: now, yeah. Uh,
0: so uh, many of the people in modern day Siberia are of Russian, Slavic and Indo-European descent although there is also a sizable population of indigenous peoples so at the time of our story, 1908, about 10% of the population of Siberia lived in cities but the rest lived in smaller settlements, villages or they were nomadic traveling between places, especially herding animals, um, deer and reindeer Hmm. Largely, so the setting of Tunguska within Siberia, it, so it's it's located in the present-day Tunguska State Natural Reserve in Krasnoyarsk Krai, Russia. So basically, if you look at it on a map now, it's more or less like smack in the middle of Russia, okay. modern-day Russia. So, all right, so let's talk about the event.
1: Yes. And then we're going to talk about all fucking, our corners after. That's pretty fucking <clears throat> crazy.
0: <clears throat> hmm So at 7.07 a.m., local... A.m. in the morning. A.m. in the morning. Lo- local time on June 30th, 1908, there was an explosion. Mm, we'll get into, quote, explosion. Over an area of Siberia near the Podkhamania Tunguska River. And like I said, it's uh, basically central Russia. And because we're talking 1908, the only accounts that are available through eyewitnesses. This is a lot like um, Angela's research on New Madrid, right? Mm-hmm. It's only eyewitness accounts. It's not quite as far back as like the 1800s, but this is a really remote part of the earth. So it just wasn't witnessed by many people. One witness, a man named Sergei Semenov, was a local peasant who lived about 40 miles or 65 kilometers away from the actual that's, site of the explosion. still
1: too close.
0: Yes, 40 miles away.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, and his account is one of the most often cited. Uh, he was sitting on his porch on of his little hut when, and this is his words, quote, there arose in a moment a conflagration which gave off such heat that it was impossible to remain sitting. Mm. It almost burned the shirt off me. Oh, my God. <laughs> quote. I know,
1: Yeah. From 40 miles away. It was that hot. Because essentially it's a fucking nuclear blast. I mean, that's really what it is.
0: Uh, It's very... (laughs) Yeah, we will get into what it was. But yeah. He described the explosion as being very quick. And his words, quote, in a moment it vanished. Jesus. Then as soon as the light was gone, quote, there was an explosion which threw me off the porch about seven feet or more. End quote. So he got 40 miles away. Mm Mm-hmm. He got thrown across the room, basically. Yeah. 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 And Two. the
1: reason he didn't hear it is because it was traveling faster than sound. Oh,
0: no, he heard it.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't, Th- I I didn't you give said, his oh. full
0: account here. Oh, okay. yeah, I, I just kind of picked and cho- chose. Picked and choosed. And chosen. <laughs> Two members of the local Shanyagar tribe, Chuchin and Chikaran, uh, who were siblings, also felt the impact of the explosion in their family's hut they were awoken by what felt like what they described a shove. Like, they, they woke up simultaneously because they saw, thought somebody had, like, yeah. pushed them. It was...
1: It was this. this it was the this, energy yes. from the blast.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, then that was followed by a noise that sounded like whistling, or they also described it as a mass of birds
1: okay. overhead. Yeah, that would be creepy as fuck. Yes. Uh, they maybe, were. Then, maybe this is where uh, Alfred Hitchcock got his idea <laughs> the, from, for the from, birds. For the birds.
0: <laughs> They were then thrown across the room and could hear trees falling outside. Uh, This was followed by descriptions of, like, thunder and or, like, an earthquake-like feeling, and their hut was completely knocked over.
1: Hmm.
0: Uh, Now, outside, Chuchin describes a light they referred to as, quote, a second sun, end quote. Wow. That's how, like, intense and... Uh, yeah, everything it was. A total of four thunder-like blasts were reported by the siblings, along with a number of what they called fires in the sky.
1: It's (laughs) fucking nuts.
0: Like, what the fuck? Is it woken up like that? It's just
1: like, this is the end times. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, what else could it be?
0: Absolutely. Well, that's um, a large portion of where they think religion came from was, like, not being able to explain stuff, so... Must be the gods, yeah, yeah, you know? It
1: was just a volcano, but they didn't know that. You know, <laughs> right. 2,000 <laughs> like 2, years ago. The
0: scientific <laughs> explanations, yeah. <clears throat> Several hundred total eyewitness accounts were gathered of the event. <clears throat> so it was a remote area, but still, I mean, people Enough 40 people miles away. Enough people felt it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the consensus was that there was essentially something big and fiery that flew through the sky, followed by multiple sounds of what was generally described as very loud thunder.
1: Jesus. Uh,
0: One newspaper reported that there was a, quote, ashen cloud, end quote, seen in the sky afterward, which faded away by mid-afternoon. So given how remote the area of the explosion was, and that this was all going on in early 20th century Russia, it may not be entirely surprising that the event initially, it was like, Oh, made the papers, and then it's and then done. Nothing, <laughs> nothing exactly. As far as like, I'm sure it was big deal locally, but local yeah, is Siberia. Right. Yeah,
1: <laughs> like there's there's nobody uh, there's nobody in the United States in 1908 that's getting uh, the Siberian news. There's
0: nobody in Europe. <laughs> there's nobody in the rest of Asia. Probably no, exactly. Uh, so there was basically just at that point it was like. <laughs> No. no investigation. Okay, like that. Yeah. okay, yeah. But there have always been people very, very interested in mysterious events, and this event did not just get dropped entirely. So, in the early 1900s, an Estonia born mineralogist named Leonid Kulik became very interested in the events. And this is Leonid. He looks like an Estonian man. He does, yes. Uh, He looks like a guy named. uh, uh, He
1: looks like a guy named Leonid.
0: Yes. (laughs) Or Leonid. I'm not sure exactly. He was well educated. Um, He studied physics and math at Kazan University. And he was actually kind of a badass. So he served time in both.
1: Oh, yeah. Look look at his beard.
0: (laughs) Oh, and the spectacles, too. Uh, He served time in both the Russian military and uh, in prison. Uh, So he served time in the military during the Russo-Japanese War and served time in prison for what is known as, quote, revolutionary political activities. Ain't no shame in serving time for that. And we are pulling for the money to get you out, I promise. (laughs) Please locate, or please donate to, please locate, please locate and donate to your local bail fund because the cash bond system is fucking corrupt. It is. Not just because of this. No. It always has it's been. been like this. Mm-hmm. Fucking racist shit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the world right now. Fucking racist shit. All right. <laughs> we need a new comet. That's what we need. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Depends on where it lands.
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Uh so Uh, Kulik was working at the Mineralogical Museum in St. Petersburg when he became very interested in the study of meteorites. And so, we're going to stop. Hammer time. And do a quick scientific definition corner. Okay. All right. Wherein we define asteroid, comet, meteoroid, meteor, meteorite. Okay. I said four things. That yes, actually did. five. Yeah. No, I didn't say it then. I wrote oh,
1: whatever.
0: it. <laughs> you're not even listening. <laughs> I am. All right. What is an asteroid, David? Pop quiz, hot shot.
1: It is uh, something that, it is a, essentially a rock that is out in outer space that is constantly in orbit. Or uh, you're,
0: you're not far off. Yeah. So yeah, an asteroid is basically rocky fragments left over from the formation of our solar system. Sure. Yep. Uh, that are so it's smaller than planets, but they can still be very large. They can be, uh, or they can be very small, and that they continue to orbit in space. They tend to orbit. I've
1: seen one once. One time I saw it.
0: An asteroid. Mhm. Yeah. When and what? Uh, asteroid when I was
1: uh, when I was in uh, living in Rochester, my sister, my oldest sister, she had a house right on uh, lake Ontario. I was out on the back deck uh, one night, just mm-hmm. smoking a cigarette. And just happened to look up in the sky and I just saw this huge fireball and then it went away.
0: How do you know it wasn't a comet or a meteor?
1: Well I guess it could have been either of those things well, too. Well, see,
0: yes. that's what we but, need to talk about. But
1: it was one of the coolest things I've ever fucking seen. I was like, it's I was like, it's one of those. <laughs>
0: Well, let's keep going. So, uh, asteroids tend to orbit around the sun between Mars and Jupiter. Okay. Which are the fourth and fifth planet in our solar system. Just so you don't have to look it up like I did. or unless I you knew Mars are smarty was fourth, Pants, I... Who knew? I, f- I did I for- not. Yeah,
1: I forget the, uh, the little I, thing that... Oh, the little teaches. saying? Yeah. yeah.
0: Like, Mother May I, blah, Some, blah, blah, something. something. Um, Mercury,
1: Venus, whatever.
0: Yeah. So, a comet... Comets are also leftovers from the formation of our solar system, so they're similar to asteroids in that way, but they come from a further distance away than asteroids, resulting in their composition being not so much rocky, but rather, in the very cute words of livescience.com where I found this, quote, dirty space snowballs. I see. (laughs) So they tend to orbit much further out comets, like out past Neptune. Okay. Um... And so Neptune comes before Pluto, which I do not know where Pluto stands as a planet anymore. I think it is not a planet. I think it planet. got voted back in.
1: Yeah, or something. Yeah, whatever. <laughs>
0: I feel like it got voted back in. Pluto, could you
1: please let us know? Pluto, will you just <laughs> what, raise what is your, your hand? What is your status? Are you still a planet? Send us uh, some kind of communication. I am sure
0: our listeners will let us know. Um, meteoroids are uh, little asteroids or sometimes bits of comets or asteroids or even planets. They're basically space dust, space junk. But space junk, not in the human sense of like stuff that was left behind from us, but literally debris from other bodies. Um, Sometimes they literally can be the size of dust, actual dust. Sometimes they're much larger. So that's a meteoroid. A meteor is a meteoroid that actually enters a planet's atmosphere okay sure so same thing it's just where it is right Mm -hmm. and then a meteorite is a meteor that actually makes impact with land on a planet
1: so i saw the thing before that i saw the meteorite
0: no you definitely didn't see the meteorite unless it made impact if it no the one before that no meteor
1: i saw a meteor then
0: well like meteor showers Mm -hmm. are pretty common right
1: but but those look like see those must be something different because those look like shooting shooting stars stars.
0: that is what a shooting star is is it's a meteor
1: but this thing literally
0: oh they can be very brilliant Uh, we'll get into why later sure but well it depends on
1: the size and like where it's coming in and the atmosphere the size
0: and yeah exactly that's what she said (laughs) composition and the size (laughs) <laughs> you were going to say something that <laughs> you I'll, didn't. No, I'll, I'll skip. Okay. So back to Kulik, our friend. So Kulik was very interested in these bits of space dust, 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 <laughs> dust, that made it to the earth. Um, so he was an employee of the Mineral- Mineralogical Museum and was tasked with finding and examining meteorites that had fallen within the Soviet Union. Uh, as he looked into newspapers... Like newspaper reports from previous decades in his research, that's when he came across those news reports of the Tunguska event. And he was like, you know, this sounds an awful lot like it could have been a meteorite. Or meteor. He suspected meteorite. He suspected, because it was in this remote area, that they would find an impact site. Mm -hmm. That they would find a crater, right? Because that's what happens when a huge piece of shit hits the it's not shit. Huge piece. Huge, <laughs> huge piece of space. Space dust. dust hits the Earth. It leaves a crater, right? Um, well, like Crater Lake, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Is that in Arizona? No, it's that
0: in uh, Portland, <laughs> Oregon. It's in Oregon. Sorry, I know not all of <laughs> Oregon is Portland. Oregon. Yeah, Oregon. <laughs> um. So so he was like, I think this is my in my area because I think this was a meteorite
1: he's like this is my density
0: <laughs> you're my density we just watched Back to the Future so yeah <laughs> uh, so after some calculations he came up with what he suspected was the sort of general vicinity of where the all took place though he couldn't pinpoint the exact area because literally all he had to go on was eyewitnesses' account, eyewitness accounts, and these came from like forty miles away in some cases. So that's a huge area to have to find in the middle of nowhere to begin with, you know. Uh, so at, he he uh, in nineteen twenty one he led an expedition to the Podkamenya Tunguska River Basin, but didn't actually find the site of the suspected meteorite impact. So after this first expedition, Kulik continued to gather information about the event, and he wanted to go back again on another expedition to try and find the site this time. The Soviet government was not super thrilled about giving him more money for a fishing expedition for this like random event, but Kulik managed to very smartly convince them, hey, you know, if it was a meteorite, there might be some iron left from it, and that would be really helpful to industry we could right use now. Uh huh. He played the money angle, very smart. So they funded another expedition for him in 1927. So cool yeah, I was
1: gonna say earlier, but I decided not to. That it took them almost 20 years before they even got to this well, thing. So
0: no one even kind of looked into yeah. it for over a decade. Yeah. And then, like, it took mm-hmm. a couple expeditions to even just narrow just to, in yep. on the vicinity. Yeah. So Kulik enlisted members of the local Evenki tribe to take him into the region to find the suspected meteorite crater. Now, obviously, I'm... Well, I say obviously. I am speculating that there were indigenous people who knew exactly what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. Exactly where it I'm was. Sure. Uh, because... I'm Well, I mean, that's speculative because this is still a huge area. So it's not like... Uh, indigenous peoples have had everything mapped out, you know, because that's this is a huge area, five point one million square miles in Siberia. So, and even though it's a big site of eight hundred thirty square miles, uh, if just you, to get to yeah, it you is, just have to know where to look it's for it. In literally, the first it's, place. it's
1: kind of at the end of the fucking earth.
0: Well, and they didn't have drones to no. try and locate it. They or didn't even anything, have a snowmobile. So. No, yeah. So it was a very long, very difficult journey in the surrounding area. They began, his expedition began coming upon fallen trees that had been torn from their roots, with the roots all facing in like a concentric... Oh, wow. Isn't that creepy as fuck? So basically like, okay, so trees were uprooted... But then, and so they were all in a line, like, they had been toppled in the same direction. But then as you go around, it's, like, in a radius effect. That's just, like...
1: Well, it's because all that energy is literally going in a... We'll
0: talk about that. Yeah, exactly. Um, So as they continued towards the epicenter of the event site, Kulik's guides just, like, noped the fuck out of there. They were like, hey, look, we believe in, like, a god that sends fire and thunder we think he did this and we you don't think, want to be there think, We're
1: pretty sure it's him
0: <laughs> and we don't want we don't want to be there <laughs> yeah. when it happens again thank you very much um <laughs> so maybe, yeah
1: so, like this is what they've told us like that's got all it's got all the evidence of <laughs> right kunu or whoever what, what was the kulik. god kulik kunu kunu It was uh, anyway.
0: Kulik eventually reached a ridge that overlooked the event site and wasn't at all what he expected to find. He did not find an impact crater. What he found was a huge swath of forest with scorched, branchless trees standing upright, and then surrounded by the falling trees. That's crazy. With their uprooted. Roots probably looks like something the out of central uh, site.
1: probably looks like something out of Dungeons and Dragons or like <laughs> some shit. Like, it looks just, like something like, out of X Files. Fucking...
0: apparently X Files actually did an episode really? called Tunguska. Yeah. Oh. Um, I've got pictures. <laughs> so here's
1: the. hmm it's, it's there's it's... not
0: many of them from this era, and we'll get into why. But um,
1: it looks like freaking no man's land. Yeah,
0: it, it looks it like it was um like a wildfire mm-hmm. but then the um here's a more modern picture of some of the trees still oh, uprooted wow. like Look petrified yeah mm-hmm. They
1: just got all twisted and freaking bent and mm-hmm. wow Yeah damn
0: I know Yep so that's I feel like this site must must have been freaky as shit to come across, especially because he was looking for, Kulik was look, looking for, like, I fully expect what I'm going to come upon is a crater. <laughs> that's that's not crater. <laughs> crater. <laughs> a crater. Um, um, maybe it had filled in with water and became a lake. That's possible, well, too. Could have. But no, instead, like, imagine, oh, hey, I'm almost there. I'm going to see a crater. Holy fuck. What are all these burned trees? <laughs> be very creepy to see very creepy
1: <laughs> and their patterns all match like in a circle
0: yeah mm-hmm. it's
1: yeah that'd be freaky as shit
0: so despite finding this incredibly creepy sight as we said the one thing that click did not find was the one thing he was looking for a crater or fragments of a meteorite sure like okay maybe maybe it disintegrated right above but it rained down you know like bits but nothing, like nothing visible. Um, he did have some really impressive photos to show for it, though he uh, he was able to go back on three additional expeditions over the next 10 years because he was actually able to find it, showed the photos. Sure. To the Soviet government yeah. they're like, shit, they're OK, like, yeah, f- you can go back. <laughs> they're
1: like, motherfucker, what the fuck?
0: Motherfucker, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, at one point, Kulik did find like little pothole-sized bogs that he investigated. So, like maybe it, like there was some sort of like a meteorite explosion, and then these little the, bits the debris drilled just, down. Yeah. yeah. Um. But it was determined that that was not the cause of these little hmm. bogs. So, uh, after World War II started, Kulik served once again in the Soviet Armed Forces. And died of typhus in a German POW camp Mm. in 1942. Um, Another hypothesis of what had happened uh, that came out in 1930 uh, was from British astronomer F.J.W. Whipple, who posited that maybe the force at hand was actually a comet that was made of ice and disintegrated before it could actually reach the Earth, which would then explain Mm -hmm. why there wasn't an impact crater or any debris. All right, so uh, after this point, after uh, Kulik had died, after this initial bit of exploration, um, there were other sort of pressing matters in Soviet Russia during the 40s. But further expeditions did eventually take place to the event site in the 50s and 60s. Chemical analysis of soil and tree samples did show a high level of nickel relative to iron, consistent with the hypothesis of a meteorite or a meteoroid airburst. We'll get back to the airburst later. In his 1938 exped- expedition, Kulikin managed to get about 1,500 aerial photos of the event site. Hmm. However, this being the Soviet Union and all, in 1975, all of these negatives were burned, the reason being the government had launched an initiative to dispose of all flammable nitrate film.
1: Oh okay. Cleveland Clinic I was just anybody? going to say,
0: <laughs> which I get, but like these seems like these seem like you
1: important might want to hang of those. Yeah,
0: transfer them. Something uh, I don't know. It's seventy-five. You could figure it out. Hmm. Anyway, so for years the Tunguska event, I keep wanting to say Tunguska, but Tunguska event remained a major mystery with multiple hypotheses. Uh, there was potential evidence of a meteorite right? but where was the crater like that's a big issue right and as one might be able to guess there's a lot of speculation as to what else could have caused it my guess is the last podcast guys have done something on this
1: i don't know i, I they yeah. have hundreds of episodes they do. I do like
0: they might have anyway I feel like
1: i would have come across this one if, if they had done it i don't know
0: uh so everything from a ufo landing <laughs> To well, uh, well, the government also, or the U.S. government, uh this year also <laughs> admitted there are UFOs and evidence of them. Yes, ah, so that was
1: like such a minor story. It was. Uh,
0: <laughs> this is the backseat story of 2020. Yes. Yeah, we've got we've got footage of UFOs. Anyway, <laughs> Uh so everything from a UFO landing to volcanic eruptions, other like natural phenomenon, were posited, and. Really short of inventing time travel, which please let me know if we can escape 2020. <laughs> I, I'd be happy to uh to join you, but... But
1: 2020 would always exist. The 2020 we were experiencing would always exist in some universe. We would just be going on a different timeline. Like, remember the end of... Uh...
0: Oh, time travel gets so weird. Well, no. Well,
1: stuff. the uh, mm-hmm. multiverse theory mm-hmm. from um, mm-hmm. Bioshock Infinite. Yes. Mm-hmm. So this 2020 will always exist.
0: That sucks. Forever.
1: Yes, it will. Sucks. And it does. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so we can't, because of the lack of um, modern measurements. I mean, eyewitnesses could only say what they saw and experienced. Um, there were. It wasn't like um, the 2013 Russian meteorite. Remember that? oh yeah oh god dash cams and And i almost
1: did that one too and Uh and at the same time on the same day i believe Mm -hmm. there was a meteor that they had been tracking and that they let media know 20 years before like this thing's gonna come between the moon and the earth uh they're like it's not gonna hit us like Mm -hmm. we're not worried but like we're tracking it Mm -hmm. and that thing literally hit on that same day Hmm. and people were like was that the thing that wasn't supposed to hit us
0: <laughs> <laughs> but did? Was and it, it, and it wasn't nowhere? No, and it. What's that? Was it the the thing that hit?
1: It literally came out of nowhere. They were not tracking it at all.
0: No, no, no. no. I mean the thing that didn't.
1: It's it kept going. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was
0: getting confused as yeah. to which. I gotcha. Yeah. No, I. I yeah, the
1: one they, they were it. tracking didn't do anything. Gotcha. The one that actually. <laughs> they
0: were like, what? The one that, that actually <laughs> hit Russia again. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah poor russia well it's a big part of it th- is. the earth It 10 percent of
1: the earth apparently just siberia, siberia 9%. Yeah.
0: um so we we literally can't know for absolute complete certain it's all theories and hypotheses mm-hmm. but um scientists have come up with the most plausible theory at present um so it's pretty clear Uh, That if this event was caused by a meteorite, the meteorite itself did not impact Earth, right? At least not intact. Mm -hmm. Certainly not intact. Um, Now, here's what happens when a meteoroid enters the Earth's atmosphere. First, as we discovered, it's no longer a meteoroid. It is a meteor. I I think it's so funny. It's meteoroid, meteor, Meteor. meteorite. Meteorite. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like a... Uh, simono simono simon or whatever there's like a there's a whole little um i
1: was thinking um
0: uh latin like conjugation I, thing.
1: I was thinking of a uh, philatelist philanthropist, philanthropist. Oh, what was the uh, other one
0: oh shit <laughs> from uh foxcatcher yeah it was like the um, only funny part of the philanthropist
1: something. something there was yeah. a third one there was that was the that only was, funny part of that movie. It was
0: the only funny part of that movie. That was that was a surprisingly good movie. Mm-hmm. Very complicated movie, but I, yeah, that was that was a good movie. We should watch that again.
1: Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> it is about somebody going nuts and well, killing somebody.
0: A DuPont no less. Yeah. You know, cra- uh, rich people never go crazy. No. And murder people. It no. doesn't happen. Um. <laughs> So a meteoroid, no longer a meteoroid, it is a meteor because it has entered the Earth's atmosphere. Then it heats up immensely, and that makes the gas surrounding the meteor light up, which is what makes their trajectory visible to the naked eye. And Mm -hmm.
1: which is probably what I saw.
0: Yeah, exactly. that's exactly what Mm -hmm. you saw. Mm -hmm. Massive heat igniting the gas Mm -hmm. surrounding the meteor. Uh Uh-huh. And that's what falling or shooting stars are, yeah. The larger the meteor, obviously, the more visible and for longer it is. So you saw one that was must have been pretty sizable? Or, yeah, yeah, had to have been. Because uh-huh. it
1: was literally on fire for mm-hmm. like a second or two.
0: And meteors travel at massively high speeds, up to 44 miles or 71 kilometers per second. second. <laughs> now, again, as we know, if the meteor hits the Earth, it becomes a meteorite. But there's something else that can happen, too. The meteor can explode or disintegrate before it ever hits the Earth. So it does not make impact. It just poof. Or poof and sprinkle, sprinkle. <laughs> or any other number of things. But anyway. um, And this literally happens every day. Mm-hmm. It just happens yeah. in our atmosphere, right? Uh, but if this explosion happens... Uh, close enough to the Earth, like if this, if a meteor is able to penetrate the Earth's atmosphere far enough down um, and ha- with enough energy, the shock waves from this impact, so it, it's not an impact with the Earth, it's an impact with the atmosphere, mm-hmm. yep. can uh, the shock waves can just create massive damage. That's what is thought to have happened in the case of the Tunguska event, and that is absolutely what happened in the 2013. Yes. Uh, Russian, yeah.
1: Because the thing, like, you couldn't see it, the 2013 one, you couldn't see it explode. Mm-hmm. But at some point it did. Mm hmm and about 4 minutes later that's when all the windows yep. in that area mm-hmm. got busted These out cuz it like, was all cuz it was just that energy took it that long to, to get there. I
0: think that's one of the scariest things that I've learned doing this podcast is that there are waves in the air that can kill people yeah. and oh, <laughs> yeah. massively damage things. Yeah. invisible that's fucking waves. somebody
1: shit. but that somebody knows about and how to take account for and knows how to judge. Like you know what I mean? Like No, I don't. Like air pressure. Oh, like th- it's measurable. Like, yes. yes. Uh-huh. Like, you know, just like, how the fuck I did gotcha. you discover that?
0: Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> it must have seemed like, well, early people were just like, well, it's a ghost yeah, or it's yeah. a, a spirit or it's God. It's Jesus. You can kind of understand.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta be Jesus again.
0: <sighs> so now it just so happened that this particular meteor air burst at Tunguska was massively energetic Releasing the energetic equivalent somewhere in the ballpark, and this is the low estimate, of three to five megatons of TNT. It, some estimates get as high as 30 megatons. Now, for contrast, the atomic bombs uh, were had the TNT equivalent of approximately 15,000 kilotons. Okay. Kilotons. And there are 1,000 kilotons in a megaton. Oh my God. So I'll let you, I'll let all you people do the math. I'm not doing the math on that. It's, that's it's
1: thousands upon thousands times a thousand hundreds tons. Hundreds of times at yeah. least.
0: Yeah. Uh, the stronger, it was way stronger than the A bomb. It's crazy. Yeah. So interestingly, the pattern of the, oh, go ahead and out, <laughs> Jesse. That's fine. You are eating the script. So the pattern of the burned, limbless trees in the middle and then surrounded by the uprooted trees are part of what draws this conclusion of what happened. So tests in the past that have very disturbingly studied the impact of large amounts of TNT being exploded in forest show this exact same pattern. The idea is that the energy... So directly above the site, Mm -hmm. right? The energy that goes down... Yeah. Is what stripped all the trees mm-hmm. and burned them. But it didn't fell them. It didn't knock them over. Because it was coming directly above. But then those shock waves spread around. And that's what felled all the trees that had their roots showing. And all in that concentric circle. So, so that's what created that creepy bit. Mm-hmm. Now here's the enduring question. If it was a meteor, where was the crater? Where did this meteor go, right? Uh, Or meteorite? And if not a crater, like say it had disintegrated, there there was evidence of potential meteorite, but not like bits, not fragments or anything. After the 2013 Russian meteor event, there were more models made on Tunguska based on observations from that meteor, and it is still held that the most likely That most likely the event was caused by a giant space rock, Reed Meteor, with a diameter somewhere between 50 and 80 meters. That's 165 to 260 feet hurtling towards Earth at 34,000 miles per hour or 55,000 kilometers per hour and exploding roughly like six miles or 10 kilometers above Earth. Jesus. That's how far up it was and Mm -hmm. still caused that. That impact. Imagine if it actually hit. So, in yet another example of odd timing, when our research strangely like coincides with new information randomly. Oh, do,
1: do we have new information on this? March
0: twenty
1: twenty. Oh my god.
0: Yep, new research was published in the monthly notices of the Royal Astronomical Society on the Tunguska event. It is called On the Possibility of Through Passage of Asteroid Bodies Across the Earth's Atmosphere by Daniel Krenikov, Andrei Titov, Alexander Ershav, Vladimir Periev, and Sergei Karpov. How
1: about that? I'm
0: very impressed with myself. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that was just a few months ago uh, so, and they came up with what is possibly the way this all went down so it was concluded that the meteor most likely consisted of iron not ice not a comet because otherwise it would have melted disintegrated much farther up in the atmosphere therefore not being able to explode and and you know come so close to earth um not create that that impact so whipple's theory was out um it likely came within at least like 6 to 10 miles or 10 to 15 kilometers of the Earth's surface causing the shock waves. But what about the meteor? Well, they answer this question with a very interesting hypothesis. The authors concluded that the most likely scenario was that the meteor went back into orbit. It bounced back. It what the fuck? Left. Yeah. Yeah. That it went, quote, into the outer space to the near solar orbit. End quote. In other words, that motherfucker slammed into the Earth's atmosphere and is still out there somewhere.
1: No shit. Like, uh,
0: back up. Like, not, it's still in the Earth's atmosphere, obviously. But, yeah. So, it, it just came in, like, killed it, like, fucking, like, a lightning strike, basically, except way worse, and then just went back out. I wonder if it will come back. <laughs> anyway... Uh, while this cannot be ever, nothing can ever be proven. Mo- I mean, again, short of time travel. None of these theories will be able to be proven. But this is now the leading theory of what exactly happened at Tunguska. So isn't that wild that the idea is.
1: It just bounced off of the inner atmosphere or the and atmosphere. I, mean, and I
0: imagine kept it's, going. they don't mean literally, like, Wing, no. but you know, that it re that it reentered outer space. Like it came in yeah, and then it, it so went so much back energy. Out. Yeah, yeah. And it just kept and, going. And <laughs> the thing is, this is not unprecedented. There have been observations of this happening with um, uh, with meteors. Sure,
1: I would think so. Otherwise, so, they probably wouldn't have come up with that theory. Right, yeah. yeah.
0: So that is apparently kind of the new news about this um, 112-year-old mystery. Which is pr- pretty amazing. Um, now, what might be the most notable thing about the Tunguska event, however, as you mentioned before, is what didn't happen, which is to say that uh, this meteor did not cause damage to a highly populated area. Mm-hmm. Literally, imagine if this had happened in New York even oh, back God. then, or London, or <clears throat> in any- Moscow. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, St. Petersburg,
0: anywhere. Anywhere that was more populated, mm-hmm. like it, there was basically no other place that no. it could have hit other than Antarctica, maybe at the time or whatever.
1: Kind of is That
0: wouldn't have been populated, yeah. yeah. Um, but so imagine those singed trees. What that would have done to people and buildings, and then the <laughs> it, the felled trees surrounding yeah, it would, it, have, it would been have been busted <clears throat> windows and people thrown around. Mm-hmm. And as it was, people forty miles away were thrown across the room. Mm-hmm. So this is just, that, that's just wild. Like we, we
1: saw, uh, let's see, what would this be? 30... So we saw 36 years later, what a nuclear event actually does right, mm-hmm. to a city. This was a thousand times stronger than that. And it just happened to go off on a place where there's yeah. just, there isn't anything but animals.
0: Yeah. Forest and animals. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, um, it's probably a, a good thing that we don't know exactly what happened at Tunguska because while certainly some people had very traumatic experiences from the fringes of the shockwave, no one had to actually suffer the firsthand horrors of what could have been. And that, my friends, is the Tunguska event. Uh, sources, aside from the study I mentioned, the Tunguska event uh, is the name of a chapter written by G. Longo from the book Comet Asteroid Impacts in Human Society, an Interdisciplinary Approach by Peter Bobrowski and Hans Hans Rickman. Uh, also, other sources, University of Bologna... Bologna... I knew <laughs> I was going to say that! <laughs> Shit! The University of Bologna, Italy, <laughs> Department of Physics. God... Oh, I knew it was Bologna, and I still said Bologna. World Atlas, Live Science, Encyclopedia.com, Wikipedia, Russia, Beyond, Atlas Obscura, Slate, the Siberian Times, NASA, the Scientific American, Sci-Hi, Universe Today, and National Geographic.
1: How about that? Bologna.
0: (laughs) University of Bologna. Sorry.
1: Oh, and Demetrius is uh... joining.
0: The scratching of the script. So you were really going to do that at one point? Yeah, I was. Okay. And
1: I, I, kind of the reason I didn't do it is uh, there wasn't a ton of information on it. I mean, there, <laughs> Demetrius. Demer, come on. <laughs> That's literally the cat doing that, not me.
0: Yes. <laughs> um, well, I think until this study had just come out, yeah, it probably would have been a little shy of yeah. information, but... That kind of helped flesh out the most recent hypothesis. But
1: I did know that it had taken, like, 20 years just for the site to even be discovered. mm -hmm. Just, you know. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, almost exactly. It was Mm -hmm. 1927. So, yeah. And, And like I said, I'm pretty sure, like, the local peoples of the area, the indigenous peoples probably knew where it probably. was. But yeah. they also probably were like, fuck, yeah. I'm not going there. We're not going, going there. there. <laughs> that's why. They yeah. were all like, yeah, no, 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 you can go ahead. Yeah. You can go ahead, little go ahead little with, your,
1: with your fancy science expedition. <laughs> right? <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, really.
0: It's wild. If, if, it,
1: if it happens, really, just about anywhere else on Earth, yeah. it's, the human devastation is just... I mean, unreal. Yeah,
0: it would be yeah, it would be horrific. Yeah. It would be absolutely horrific.
1: It would be like uh, the end of the Watchmen for those five of you who might have seen that movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Do we have comments or do we not have comments?
1: Uh well, we've put out comments through our social media. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure people know where we stand. I think people know where we I stand. Think you're right.
0: And also, anyway. we're white. Do we have any fucking thing to say, really?
1: Yeah, I don't think we're necessarily adding anything to the conversation. That's
0: a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm.
1: uh, Millions of people feel the way we do. So, yeah. you know.
0: We're not the first people nah. to feel this way either. It's yeah.
1: just, it's. Um, I'll just say this, it's sad. But it was inevitable. Mm. I mean, I'll put it that way. So, it could have been... it. It could have been different.
0: Yeah, there was a lot of points at which it could have been different. Mm-hmm. Sad. It's actually <laughs> sad.
1: It is. It is sad. It
0: is not in the stupid way. Fuckface says it. <laughs> sad. <laughs> now I'm just devolving. Um, I would like to recommend so we are going to sign off. Mm-hmm. But I would like to ask everybody to hang in after our sign off because We've got a uh, we got a request from um, some old friends mm-hmm. uh, from We Drink and We Know Things asking if we'd be willing to play uh, a promo of theirs, which Natch early, because <laughs> I was gonna say Natch and I'm like that's stupid, uh, naturally because they're a cool indie pod and and they're nice people and uh, so we're gonna play their promo. It sounds like fun and i think it, i think you'll find that it does um give them a listen yes see if you like them if you like them start following them supporting them good time for um to support indie creators especially during uh, the pandemic and all that um and if you don't like them don't you fucking dare leave them one star review <laughs> leave us one that's fine we don't give a fucking shit you can tell how much we don't give a fucking shit. <laughs> anyway.
1: <laughs> I say that with the utmost sternness that I don't fucking give a shit.
0: <laughs> no, I don't give a fucking shit.
1: I don't give a fucking shit.
0: Anyway. <laughs> that oh sorry, that's that remote. Go ahead. Um,
1: that was the Tunguska event. Yes. This has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David. I'm Rachel. Stay tuned for we drink and we know things.
0: And we'll see you next week.
1: And we'll see you next week. Almost forgot. (laughs) Hello. Hello. I'm Tom.
0: And I'm Andrea.
1: And we're the hosts of We Drink and We Know Things.
0: The podcast. We're a husband and wife comedy show. We cover all kinds of stuff from UFOs to cryptids. We also cover a lot of true crime and some paranormal. And we do it all while getting drunk. Yeah, we sit in our office, we have a good time, and we have some drinks. Every month we put out bonus episodes. We give you some cool stuff like creepy pastas and the glitch in the matrix. So be sure to come and hang out with us. We're a weekly podcast. Doused in alcohol. And lit with knowledge. Clinkies!